Can I have a word? <laughs> I'm Harry. I'm Phil. Together and we are Harry and Phil. Phil. We're still learning this. Um, and this is our podcast. It's called Can I Have a Word? And where we have a random word given to us by a random word generator. And it prompts a conversation that could be about anything and could go anywhere. And for about half an hour. For about half an hour, so. Um, and today is a very special episode because uh, we've got um, an, another special guest. Ooh. And today's special guest is my good friend Jane Donaghy, who I knew from uh, secondary school and is now a painter and a photographer and an artist is probably a better word. Hello, Jane. How are you doing? Hello, Phil. Hello, Harry. Yeah, really good. Thank you. Really excited to be here. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've, I've come in from drawing and painting to spend some time with two of my favourite people. <laughs> oh, that's really cute. Oh, God, isn't that gorgeous? <laughs> <laughs> right, OK, without any further ado, I'm going to offer Harry the button. There oh, we go. Thank you very much. You press the button. And the word we have is sling, S-L-I-N-G, sling. So, Jane. As the guest, I offer this word to you. What does the word sling evoke in your mind? Well, actually, a sling is something that I haven't had the misfortune of wearing. Um, despite having a, a reputation for being an absolute catastrophe. <laughs> um, I think that um, it's, it's one of those things which is going to uh, come eventually as I am really rather clumsy. Would you like to elaborate? Uh, I mean, what have you done previously to get this reputation? And um, sometimes I do things in vehicles. Uh, <laughs> uh, I tend to I tend to karate chop glasses as I get them out of cupboards. Um, probably one of my my best moments, my finest moments, was when I'd stolen one of the children's trikes. I say stolen, you know, a couple of glasses of prosecco, <laughs> and we live on a hill. And I decided to stand on the seat of it. Actually, everyone was doing it. I don't know why I'm giving myself the blame for this. Um, uh, so stand on the seat, hold on to the handlebars and at top speed, drive yourself off, uh, pushing all the way down the hill and then get both feet on the seat of the trike. And just before the river at the bottom of the garden, it's kind of a lip and you're meant to stop and everything. I never even really got that far. To be honest, I pushed myself off um the trike started going I thought I needed a little bit more speed I put my foot down onto the ground to uh get myself a bit more momentum and as I put my foot down the trike went out from under me and flew up into the air and the forces that I put down my leg bone uh created a spiral fracture nobody believed I, I know <laughs> nobody believed that I'd done it I said I'd broken my leg and um everyone was laughing because I can't possibly have broken my leg doing something so stupid uh but I had and the hill is a dangerous thing indeed um we we have a water butt as well and we used to pad it with cushions and thankfully they're teenagers so NSBCC can't do anything about this now <laughs> but we used to put the 
used to put the children in it padded with um, cushions and just push it off down the hill. That was absolutely brilliant. I loved that. And they never ended up in the river. So I feel like I'm winning as a parent, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I would say dangerous is, is the word that springs to mind. But I have a yeah. question. Go on. What is a sling? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what is a sling? Um, mm. Well, many things. It's, my understanding is, and do correct me if I'm wrong here, and listeners, if I've got this wrong, because I'm not in any way medically anything. But it's, it's essentially a kind of a bandage thing that you would hold, say like if you broke your arm, it would hold it in place to secure. I think it's more collarbone, oh. Phil, isn't it? It's the collarbone because you can't uh, uh, operate on collarbones. Oh, right. So so that part that Harry's ever so good at drawing, um, you, you have to uh, have immobility. So it's, it's really stopped the whole arm moving for a period of time. I didn't know that. No, neither did I. I mean, I, I, I've seen people have them, uh, but never experienced it, fortunately, myself. I do, mm. when it comes to uh, behaving, should we say, I don't know, dangerously, I, I try to avoid that sort of thing. I don't know why. I'm, I, I don't know if I'm just sensible or boring. I haven't decided. Um, I mean, have, I, have you ever spat on your glasses, Phil? Have I ever spat on my glasses? Sat on your oh, glasses. Sat on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I use water, like clean my glass. No, have uh, I sat? Yes, I don't see where the connection is. Go on. I just, that could be rather dangerous. That's oh, okay. my point. I'm just thinking at ways that somebody who's risk averse could hurt themselves. Uh, yeah. So you put your glasses on a settee, and then you know that could become rather uncomfortable. Uh, true, but I think normally the glasses would break in that instance rather than me. Uh, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't broken myself with a pair of glasses as yet. But just in case, I wear contact lenses more often nowadays. Mm. And it's very difficult to, you know, break any part of your body with a contact lens. Uh, right. You know, so it's, I, I do try to keep, uh, yeah, risk averse. It's probably, although I have skied on occasion. Oh, dear. And Jane, wow. I think you've skied in the past? I have. Yes. I've retired now gracefully. I just wasn't very good at, I can turn one way, but I can't turn the other. Oh, that brings to mind another nasty accident I had. Oh, do, but, do, do um, tell, do tell. <laughs> so, so once upon a time, <laughs> it was really icy and we were skiing in France uh, and there were granite boulders everywhere and lots of little children flinging themselves across the mountain like mice. And one such child skied directly in front of me, cutting me up. So I had to go kind of go into a bank of frozen snow and gravel in the side at the side of the mountain um, at which point my skis jammed into the snow and I collapsed bottom first onto the back of my skis and um, sliced my bottom open uh, Not with your own skis yeah a bottom cheek because they have to they have to be really sharp don't they uh, uh, to, to grip especially when it's icy um uh, God, this is really cathartic just getting out all of the injuries that I've had. I, uh, but yeah, I just thought that it was uh, because it was slightly raining that day uh, and I hadn't realised. And then I got put in one of the, um, uh, sort of, um, oh, what are they called? The things that they put people in when they're injured, like a Winchair? trolley uh, on skis. And they skied me down the mountain at top speed. Oh, wow. As if a really, really dramatic. I could have walked quite easily. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, skiing's really 
yeah, really quite dangerous. It is. Um, I mean, lots of these sort of sports are dangerous. But do you ever have you ever done any kind of dangerous sports? No. Well, I've done ice skating is the closest to skiing I've ever done. And that can be quite. Um, it can be really scary. I remember every time I go uh, skating, I'm always scared because I'm always trying to like learn new stuff, or at least when I get on the ice, usually I can't go ice skating a lot. And so whenever I go there, it's been usually a year or two in between mm. every time I go. So I have to remind myself what I know about ice skating. And I know that I can kind of, I can go forward. I can go quite fast and like, turn and everything. But I can also kind of do a little half spin and, <gasps> and, go, da- and go backwards. Oh, yeah. And uh, wow. not jumping or anything, just doing stuff with my high skates and, and just kind of spinning on myself and going backwards. It's pretty cool. But when I'm trying to remind myself of those stuff, it happens quite often that I will fall a couple of times before it comes back to me. And I've been always scared since I was a child because I've been on the ice since I was about two and a half I was better ice skating than I was walking when I first went on the ice. <laughs> My dad used to play hockey, hockey, so it was really important for him that I knew how to ice skate. And um, since I was a child, I can always remember always being scared of falling and someone kind of... You just read my mind. Fingers, yeah. Yeah, fingers. Never happened, never heard of anyone... Of, to to whom it would happen, mm. but I'm I'm so terrified of that. But anyway, no, I've never really hurt myself doing ice skating. Although uh, it did happen because I have like hips and knees problem. It did happen that I would go to the ice ice skating and then end up falling for some reason. Most of the time because children are a bit silly to not say stupid. And we'll try to play little tricks on you and try to kind of like go very fast in front of you or just stand in front Mm. of you and just stay there and look like a deer in the headlights and just be like, oh, my God, I can't move because I don't know how to skate. And there's this person like going super fast towards me and I'm just going to stay there. And you're like, can you? No, no, you're not going to move. Okay. And they just kind of stay there or stop very abruptly in the middle of nowhere. And you have to move to kind of not hit them. Because at the speed at which you're going, if you hit that child, you're going to hurt that child Mm. very much. So I'm always trying to like slalom in between them and, and to not hurt them, really. I will throw myself at the ice to not hurt a child. Because I'm just terrified of hurting a child because I love children. Yeah. And so, although that sounds like they're causing a, quite a lot of danger in the world <laughs> with my ski story and your ice skating story, how are they going to learn, Harry, unless you bowl them over like pigs? Fair enough. <laughs> it, just, it did happen once that at the ice skate, at the ice rink, I, I was, this child kind of stopped in the middle of nowhere and there wasn't enough, there was too many people around us that I could just throw myself at the ice to like, or just like pivot to kind of not hit them. So mm. I just grabbed them. I grabbed them in my, in my arms and kind of stopped myself a bit. But the dad was kind of like, excuse me, can you not kidnap my child, please? <laughs> but it, it was like a little three-year-old boy or something, just kind of there. And the dad was right, right next to him, but not really holding him, just kind of there talking with someone. And to 
to not hit them, I just grabbed them in my arms and kind of stopped a bit further and kind of went, sorry, darling, here you go. I just didn't want to hurt you. No. Go back to your dad. I didn't want to kidnap you or anything. <laughs> You'll go on your merry way. No. This is Good. the dichotomy of children, though, isn't it? That they're, they're vulnerable and need to be protected. Yet at the same time, they are uh, so unaware of their surroundings. They don't have that kind of thought to look behind them. And they're causing so much danger and because we can't predict how they're going to move or what they're going to do they're just I like know. little creatures still mm -hmm. i think when they're holding on to those special penguins you know i don't know if you've seen these harry i don't know if you had them in france when you were little but you yeah, have these special, yeah they're little special penguins at least then they kind of have some forward motion and I, they can I, keep, I don't keep know it what... going and stability oh phil I, I come don't... on you you've it's... used one phil it's what, like a just, special penguin. It's like a plastic. plasticky yeah. penguin that you hold, and it kind of helps you stabilize when you're a child, and it kind of helps you. We have also special chairs on which either you put little kids that are a bit scared of of doing anything on the ice to kind of make them understand how the ice feels and everything, but also they can hold to onto it and kind of like find them balance a bit better. I don't think I've ever used anything like that. I've, when I learned to ice skate and it was, you know, it would be just a, a school trip, I suspect. Um, I suspect you were there, actually. We might have done <laughs> at some point. Um, and it would be me clutching, you know, the sides, trying eventually uh, after about two hours to get some kind of movement. And then by the time I've gone round once, it's all go home again. Yes. Yeah. See, I think um, this is where we became friends really deeply. It would have been on a nice skating <laughs> rink because I would also have been holding onto the outside and just shuffling along, um, yes. knowing what would happen if I let go that I would probably fall in someone's way fingers sliced yep. off it was probably just better that we did that some people <laughs> just aren't that coordinated are they and, you, and, I, and I, have an awareness that it's gonna end in tears I, so. I do I do struggle with that sort of thing although I would like to be better at it hmm. but I don't often get the opportunity I mean we've had the, the ice skating thing uh we talked about it before in previous episodes uh probably ice I suspect would be mm. the one. Um, although knowing this show, probably not. Um, and, <laughs> um, but you don't seem to see them as often as you used to. And um, I, I, I think it's a shame. I'd like to be doing that more. I think. But the thing that was springing to my mind earlier, we were talking about skiing, and then and you and you talking about you know doing the silly things downhills. What is it you think about human beings that we like to do? dangerous things that kind of yeah i mean this it, is it's so it's so bizarre isn't it that it's, it's almost like that i think it's almost like the dreaming of flying it's to kind of see where your capabilities are and i think it comes when you're a toddler and you're sort of learning that you're not part of your mother anymore and it's that need to explore and reach out it's caused migration uh it's caused advances um such as smelting metal and things i think we just have a huge need to expand mm, i think um, we're very curious as mm. a, a, we're a curious type of animal we just want to know more and want to experience more and we're curious of so many things as in like 
if you know that um, um, uh, you know uh, skydiving is a thing, yes. you go, oh my god, I want to experience that. No, no, I don't. No, no I don't, Harry. <laughs> no, you don't. I don't either. But, but there are people who do. Humans, yeah. There's a lot of humans that will tell you that's the best thing ever. I go skydiving every time I can. Blah 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 blah. And you go, but why? Because if there's a problem at any point, you are dead. Well, I, and I, it's just like, yeah, well, the, uh, if you don't uh, like live a little, you know that live a little. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. There's a difference between wanting to experience new things and being curious about stuff, yeah. and going to do activities ca that can actively kill you. Yes. You know. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, that, this is the risk averse thing you were talking about earlier. It's not. I'm not so much risk averse, but I'm, I'm stupid averse. So it's a case of, you know, I think about these things. Is it going to be fun? Yes or no. Is it likely to kill me? Yes. In which case, then I'm probably less likely to do it. Yeah, but, but then just waking up in the morning is likely to kill you because if you have stairs in your house, well, you can fall down the stairs, you know? Yeah, no, I get that. But then, like I say, risk management, you just try to take out what you can. But, I mean, certain things I would do. I mean, I've always wanted to do a jet ski. I've never done that. That Fantastic. would be because... Have you done that? No, um, oh, ages, very, very long time ago. But it's actually really quite arduous. It's quite physical. Um, yes, it really right. bounces you about. It's not like, for instance, riding a motorbike. You, If you go fast, you hit a wave and you do fly through the air. And then on landing, you kind of need to have bend in your elbows and your knees to be able to flex to take the impact. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite uh quite rough one of the most dangerous things i think i've seen is the cheese rolling i can't remember where it is maybe it's Will oh yes cheese? hang on wait sorry oh. we're not talking about people making cheese here are we i don't no, know no, no, no. Definitely not. About... there's a girl who's absolutely fantastic at it she's broken so many bones doing it and she looks like <laughs> she's being tossed hang on. hold on if she's broken bones doing it I would say that she's not very good. At <laughs> that would suggest she, well, she's one of these people that just don't have that boundary. And her, her, okay. her, there was there was a program about the most dangerous things in the world, and this girl was interviewed on it, and it shows the footage of her just um, being somersaulted by her own uh, momentum and speed and the gradient mm -hmm. that she just flips over and over and over and over. But I think she's won it four times now and no one else has ever done that. So this, it starts at the top of the hill and the wheel of cheese is rolled down and you can see different people's approach to it. When you watch it in slow motion, some people just run, hope for the best and hope that their body's going to take all of the impact uh, and take it well. And some people are, um, so much more tentative what is it between some some people who are like hold back a tiny bit even if it's five percent to the people who win who could could easily lose quite a lot who throw absolutely everything into it in this bonkers environment so basically what happens is you mm. have a hill that is very steep right you throw a wheel of cheese down it right and you got so many people running down the hill. The first one that catches the the cheese wins, basically. Okay. But it's so steep that you get the tiniest of momentum, and it goes blah, 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 and tumbling down the hill and breaking bones and ending up in the hospital. It's extremely dangerous. Now, this reminds me. I went to Bad Wolf Bay 
it's not actually called that, but the place in Doctor Who, yes, I'm mentioning Doctor Who, and but you mm-hmm. know where they had, yeah. I, I, Jane, do you watch Doctor Who or did you watch Doctor Who when I, David Tennant was in it? Oh my goodness, I was just about to say, I watched Doctor Who when David Tennant was in it. Right, well, the bit where Rose Tyler, yeah, that's called Bad Wolf Bay. Well, right. I've actually been there and I was going down the beach and it's quite a steep run. Well, it's still a steep hill. And it's all kind of loose pebbles. Hmm. And I was running, I sort of ran down it just to see down. And then suddenly I got this momentum and I couldn't stop. And I'm thinking, oh, oh. And then the ground started being very wobbly because the ground was suddenly these pebbles that didn't loop. And I was having to make sure that every step I was on a solid, and, and it was it was like a workout and I did, it went on and on and on and on for such a long time. It was like this cheese thing. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to die. I can't keep this up. But, yes, fortunately, I didn't die. But, it, oh, it was so scary. But you'd probably thought, have regenerated if you had. Maybe you <laughs> have regenerated to Matt Smith or something. I, is there a difference? Uh, no, <laughs> no, same person. <laughs> you, you are a bit Matt Smithy. I've got the hands. Uh, hands gesture. I've even got the hair now. Yeah, I know. Um, I, um, but anyway, um, there was another thing. I said, well, by the way, completely unrelated to any of this. I, I've just um, the other thing is my name, right? As in the Latin for it is likes horses. That's the Latin for Philip, right? Oh. Horse lover. Now, uh, steady now. Now, what I, what I'm suggesting of it. Now, what I'm suggesting is I don't actually like horses and riding horses, I think, is really scary and really dangerous. And I would put it in the extreme sports category. Now, I know that I've got horse people in and I, you, you both of you are fond of the equestrian arts, are you not? I love a horse. Yeah, I think they're absolute idiots, but I, I do, I do um, have horses. Uh, but yeah, they can't be trusted. That yeah, and they're big. Yeah, they're not little fellas. If if a horse lands on you, oh yeah, no, or kicks you, yeah. you're toast. And I'm just thinking, yeah. And riding it, I I rode a horse once, and it was because I had a girlfriend at the time who wanted to ride a horse, and I thought, okay, let's do that. No, and it was just the most horrible experience. It was misery. I mean, it wasn't like riding like a high speed. It was tick tock, tick tock. And it was just making me feel ill and I just wanted it to end and it went on for about an hour and I just like... I love a horse. I don't understand. It's just... I think... uh, I remember my dad has a friend who has a wrench and has a whole bunch of horses. I think horses are just the most nice and friendly animal ever. It's just if you treat them well and you're like gentle with them, they give you hugs. As in, if you hug their, if you hug their their neck, they will hug you with their heads no. against them, and it's just so sweet and they're so cute. And I love I love a horse, but they're very tall and it's like Stephen Fry. Like Stephen Fry, <laughs> and I <laughs> and Sorry. I tend. I tend to, uh, I, I, that friend of my dad tried to uh, put me on the horse because I was so fond of them. So, oh, well, you can have a little ride with, and uh, on, the, on the most gentle horse he had because he knew I was a bit scared. Um, but that horse was so 
high that I thought I was, I, I was getting so anxious. Mm. And because he had told me that if you're scared, the horse feels it. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I'm, I don't want to freak the horse out because I'm, I'm panicking because I'm a bit scared of heights. Not that much, but I'm not very comfortable in heights. And I was so scared. And then it, it started like very slowly make a step, a second step, a third one. And I went, no, because I'm too panicking and I don't want to panic the horse. And so I ended up not riding it, but I had such a good time, like spending time with the horses and petting them and giving them food and, and just staying with them all the time. I, I just don't understand. I love the horse. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I don't understand why people make so much fuss about, you know. Because they're so nice, such uh, nice animals. Some of, the, some of them um, are really, really gentle. We've got one who you kind of rub her withers, which is the bit between where the saddle goes and the bottom of her neck. There's a little bony bit there. And when the horses groom each other, they do it with their mouths and they rub this little bit uh, at the base of the neck. And if you rub her, she'll turn around and she'll try and groom you. And she's very, very loving. But once no. upon a time, we had a very small pony who was utterly evil uh, and <laughs> would take any opportunity to bite you, turn his bum on you. And he's a kid's pony. But, you know, really feral, um, had this wildness because he'd come off of the Welsh mountains. And I don't know what his mother was like, but I can't say she probably had that much kind input to him um, because he certainly didn't have very kind genes. Uh, but then, you know, some of them, it is, it is a lot of its nurture that you can tell sometimes if a horse has had a good mum, I think, that they are loving and giving and can be really gentle and they don't scare me to be around it's very rare that i find uh, a horse intimidating um it's oh. just reading them reading Re reading if you what? understand i guess it's the same as approaching a dog and teaching children how to go up to dogs children who haven't uh, had any contact with dogs tend to be scared of them if you understand the body language, because they are quite easy to read, uh, you kind of know what's going to happen. I mean, there's always things like, for instance, where the horses are. We have cats just jumping off of the walls of the stable onto their backs because it's a nice warm place. And if the horse was to jump while I was putting a boot on or picking out feet, uh, yeah, it could be quite dangerous. But they will generally go out of their way to not hurt you, which is an important thing to remember. If you watch racing... The jockeys, when, they, when no. they fall, the horses will do everything in their power to change their stride and the action of their gait and their direction to avoid that person on the floor. There's, there's generally no nastiness. But I mean, that quite surprised me because, I mean, a jockey's <laughs> job is primarily to smack a horse to make it run faster. Well, I think they're only allowed to use the whip three times. Most of the time, they're just. Uh, you, like there's a motion going on with the whip they're not smacking it um, um i think it's only uh, yeah and things like show jumping there's a limit to how many times i think it's only two smacks or something and to be honest now whips have to be so padded uh it's not like days of yore when uh, a whip was r really hard wood had um uh, oh like thongs hanging off the end we don't we don't have anything like that now it literally is a Right, pay attention. I'm asking you to do something. So you ask not okay. you ask nicely the first time uh, <laughs> by by using your body language generally. So if they don't listen, 
you perhaps use your legs a bit stronger if they don't listen then sometimes you'll need to gently tap them with a whip but right, most horse people don't really use a whip I can't remember the last time I had to use one but there will be instances when it's dangerous if a horse was for instance reversing into an open manhole cover you kind of need to get their mm. attention or you, you know there are things like that that you need to be able to have control of this enormous powerful and animal also, well yeah quite it's such an, a big animal that also i think what we see as what would be a smack will only be a tap on a horse That's obviously true. it depends on how strength you put into it obviously but if you tap if you give a a, a big old tap on the uh, back of a horse not the back but you yeah. know what i mean uh, it, it's not going to be as powerful for them it's going to be a little touch yeah. because it's such a big animal I, I think the main problem is my my reference point for for horses is something like ben hare oh, yeah. you know it's it's it, it's when they when they were they didn't treat the animals quite so well as perhaps they they could have done mm. uh and and so i i i'm not necessarily up to date with with the, the latest uh you know but i, I something like a thousand horses died in the making of ben-hur that came out recently I yeah know. i think it, it was an absolutely astronomical number can you imagine that now i know are you which you're not talking about the 60s one, yeah. are you? with with Oh wow! Yeah, I, I straight. Well, I told you about uh, westerns. They would have when they were making western movies. Yeah, uh, they would have horses like jump off like trains and stuff like that, and they would actually be jumping f from very very high and just like put them into the, the river or anything, and you'd have the person riding them like break both of their legs or something like that, or even dying sometimes and the horse definitely dying but they didn't care they would just go through horses because it's I'm just not part of the sure. movie i'm not sure that's ever oh been yeah best. it has honestly it was only recently that it came out about ben hur and how many horses had died I'm, I'm, it, they they were dispensable and, and i think now animals have so much protection there's so much awareness mm -hmm. they're not just seen as Quite a right. commodity but they but they really really were um and i think it's post-war and animals died in the war, uh, uh, you know, uh, taking munitions and things. Uh, they'd break legs in really deep furrowed ground. And then, you know, they were just shot. It, it was kind of, uh, I think, yeah. a legacy of that, that they were they were viewed as something that was a necessity. And sadly, it, you know, watching a film like Ben-Hur, you can't really watch it in the same way, knowing all of the, the bloodshed. Mm. But I think there was a there was a thing, wasn't there, recently uh, about a film about dogs, and there was an Alsatian that was put into the water, uh, and um, the film was largely boycotted. I don't think any of the cinemas would show it because this dog had been put into, I think it was a, a plunge pool, like a wave pool, where there's a huge force of water in a very small area, and they that's where they did the filming, but. That there was footage that was released of this man throwing the dog in, making it go in, um, the handler, I guess. And the dog was quite obviously distressed. Uh, huge uproar. The dog, there was nothing wrong with it. It must have been a bit distressing. But for a whole film to almost be completely shut down for one incident like that, you know, it's good that we 
it's definitely good that we've progressed to put animals first. Oh, I'm I'm very much in the same boat. I mean, we, uh, yeah, I'm I'm what's what's the word I'm looking for? Po very much post-humanist uh, is the word that I learned at university. That's good. Where where yeah, essentially the idea is we we don't we decenter the the idea of humans being the most important thing on the planet. Mm. Uh, I know there's been a lot of talk about humanism. That's great. And it's, you know, that's the idea is as opposed to, the, some, you know, thinking in theological terms and going, oh, God is the centre of the universe. And the next step up is human, humans are the centre of the universe. And then I go, no. And then, I, and then you've got post-humanism where we go, actually, no, we're just amongst many other species mm. that are as important mm. than, than humans. I don't, uh, we, we've, I think we've got above ourselves in terms of priority. And and it leads to, you know, people abusing the, uh, you know, the planet's ecological issues, all that sort of stuff, because we prioritised money and capitalism and all that stuff over and above the planet that we actually need <laughs> to exist. Absolutely. On. There's also the whole like, um, you know. Oh, we're gonna buy a dog for Christmas for like mm. our toddler mm. because they really, really, really want a puppy. But uh, but when we go to the first time we go on holiday, oh yeah, but we can't. We we're not gonna afford a kennel. We're not gonna just like uh, take the dog with us because oh, it's a, it's a pain to have them uh, in the car for long hours, or we can't take the airplane with the dog or whatever so we're just gonna abandon the dog and you know it's i don't understand why you would you know that an animal is you're gonna it, i mean a cat can go until 20 years it's pretty rare but it happens that a cat can live 20 years a parrot can live 80 mm. years you know uh, or 50 i can't remember it can live for a very long time a parrot i do not remember 50 i think mm. anyway it's a very very long time and and even 20 years a cat or a dog i mean it that means that for 20 years you're gonna have to take care of that animal you're gonna have to get them to the doctor feed them take care of them play with them love them and if you're not ready to spend the next 20 years of your life taking care of that animal then don't take that animal you know, there's always a way to like, you know, there's stuff like Borrow My Doggy, which is an, a website where you can um, people put their dogs and stuff on uh, online and do a profile and stuff. And you can um, request them to have like a day or an afternoon or, uh, or stuff like that to get them on a walk or something. And there's always a way to be around dogs if you want to, I mean, or cats and stuff like um, that. I, I know we talk about mental health before, that, you know, having an animal is good for your mental health because, you, you you know, therapy dogs are a thing, you know. However, I don't really, I, I still think it's a bit weird that we are treating them like a commodity in a sense of uh, you, a dog has an owner and then you can sell the dog or you can rent out the dog. And I'm just thinking... But the dog might not want to be rented out very much. How do we know that, you know, that... Well, I, I think that as, as long as you're treating the animal well, I don't see a problem. As long as it's not 
a business business as in oh i have this dog and uh from this to uh, this hour to this hour it's going to be with that person and then uh for those hours it's going to be that person and you rent it to so many people for an entire day kind of thing and the dog never has the time to kind of just chill and have a nap you know but i think uh, yeah before having an animal please consider any Mm. kind of animal because there's some animals that need some some animals needs more um um well treating you know like um you know like if you take uh i don't know a hamster or something you're gonna need a cage you're gonna need a a big cage because they need a lot of space a dog you're gonna need to walk it morning and evening minimum you know all that stuff uh and and you need to take care of your animals because they're living creatures and they need love and 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 taking care and stuff like that it's not just to be pretty on Instagram. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think of them as little hairy people. As, yeah. As, 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 I mean, they, don't they, say fire babies. Yes, they don't. don't say fire babies. No, I don't that, know. Mm, no, because that's that... close. So little hairy people is <laughs> making me think of fire babies, which is one of like my pet hates. I, I, I don't mean in the patronising sense. I mean, as in, they, 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 they're people. people with a bit more hair. That's okay. it. They, they have their own personality. They do what they want to do. They just happen to look different. They don't communicate. I mean, they communicate, but it's in the same way. I mean, they don't speak English. No, but they do. Well, I, I mean, I'm French, but I'm still communicating with you. (laughs) Yes, I know. You know, uh, your dad doesn't. find a way to communicate with you if, yes. if if you don't have the same language you can still point at stuff or you know if a dog is like whole tongue out and like big like yeah ears in the air and like wagging tail you can understand that that dog is happy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no i mean they do communicate i'm not saying yeah. they don't talk. and and it is up to us this is the thing i was going to say no so um it's up to us to look after the dog and give the dog what the dog wants rather than, and this is one of my pet hates, I think you were talking, when you're talking about hair, fairy babies, I don't like it when people dress up dogs. Oh, um, no. No. Yeah, especially not when they put little outfits on that are human outfits. And I'm well, just thinking... It depends, because certain breeds on. of dogs are, because some, uh, a lot actually, of breeds of dogs have been made by humans, they are not made for very hot or very cold weather. As in, during the summer or during the winter, if you can't hold your hand towards the, the ground for more than like five to 10 seconds, your dog cannot walk on there because they have very sensitive uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not so, saying that the dog so shouldn't have... Sometimes, yeah. shoes of some sort, as ridiculous as it can look, can actually be useful for certain uh, breeds of dogs. Oh, yeah, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when they have little bows in their hair. Oh, yeah, or no, no, dressed no, no. up little, as cowboys. You know, and I just... Like, uh, leather chaps yeah. on their front legs. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm yeah. with you there. It's quite... I don't know. It's it's, it's um, demeaning somehow, isn't it? It's, it's taking the mickey out of them. They don't get the joke. Uh, well, I think. And... That I just think it's this feeling of we own the dog, we own the animal, we can we can use like it, a, like you say, like to ridicule, like a toy, mm-hmm. exactly. And and they're not they're they're little hairy people. I mean, that's yeah. how I look at it. You wouldn't do that to another person and dress them up in an outfit they don't understand. 
just for your own, oh, then they look cute. I, I think that's very wrong. I also think it's wrong for people to expect animals and dogs or animals to behave mm. like people, as in... To obey. Or, yes, to obey, absolutely. Or to obey 100%, as in, oh... I want to have a walk right now, so we're going to have a walk right now. Well, maybe the dog is tired and can't feel to have a walk right now. I think know? most, pe but most people have empathy who've well, got animals and um, will see if their dog is needing something, is going, going, going a bit frantic because they haven't had their walk yet or is absolutely exhausted because they had a late night. Most people who do have animals do care and do take the time to understand what's going on in their animal's head i think that like you're saying some people just have them almost as an accessory and that's when it is a problem mm. because these little creatures they they need so much and 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 when we leave them in the house which i, I leave i leave my dog sometimes it's absolutely fine he's quite happy he goes into a crate he feels really safe in it and he puts himself in his crate it's never used as punishment it's he's like quiet safe place but when I when we leave them on their own, it's knowing things like they have no awareness that we're ever coming back. And it's only down to having a really secure upbringing with you and to being loved and not being allowed to be really, really naughty that, that they have that security in themselves and that confidence that they can cope with it. It's sad that some dogs can't and get really worried when people leave and have this anxiety about uh, being left and will help. But who knows what goes on in their little life or often rescues what happened to them before. You know, the lucky the lucky ones are the ones that get really well looked after and, not, and then trust the system, trust that that person, my human, is going to be coming back for me. Uh, I, I would say that everything you've just said also applies oh, to people. Oh, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> it does kind of a bit, doesn't it? <laughs> and on that one, Phil. <laughs> thank you very much, Jane. That's been, uh, it's been lovely Pleasure. having you on the show. I've really yeah, I've had yourself. a lovely time. Thank you, guys. Um, Thanks for having me. No problem. Uh -huh. um, that was... Can I have a word? We are on every single podcast platform that we can think of. But if there's one that we're not on that we should be on and you'd like us to be on, uh, let us know. Uh, give us a comment. Give us feedback. Share with your friends. Whatever. Go visit us on our Facebook and Twitter at... Can I have a reply? Uh, where, yeah, do... Um, or if you want to be a guest uh, like Jane, then uh, do get in touch. Uh, we'll be very happy to have you. Um, I think that's everything. Yes. It is. Uh, so thank you very much for listening and bye. bye.